Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the U.S. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. In today's podcast, we're talking about research. How do you go and find the information you need to keep up with the demand of content for your website? Have you picked up our online survival guide yet? Get prepped for the future of online marketing by going to www.aybguide.com. Hello, everybody. This is Andrew McCauley. Welcome to our podcast. This is podcast number 52, 52 in the Autopilot Your Business series of podcasts. And today, we're talking about research. We're talking about how do you go and find research? How do you find the stuff you need to put on your website, on your social platforms? And where can you go and get some fresh ideas? Because sometimes you'll run out of ideas. We're going to give you a couple of tips and some great information in this podcast. And we, of course, being the wonderful Heather Porter. Hey, H. Hey, Andrew. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us yet again. And Andrew, I'm looking forward to this episode because, you know, in the past we've spoken about using the Google keyword tool, which no longer exists, and trying to find information out using just keyword phrases. And you know what? That's a really cool idea. It's it's a great idea because you're finding that there is a market for a certain keyword phrase or keywords or words people are using to search for things. However, you don't really get to go more into their thought process and their pain points and really hear them in their own language saying what's bothering them, what they actually need help with. So this episode, we're actually going to really dig deeper in that perspective of what do people actually need in the first place outside of just, you know, a few keywords. Yes, yes, definitely. Then before we dig into that, of course, we're going to have our very favorite <laughs> session at the beginning of the show and that is what did you learn this week yes and i want to ask you first is that all right i'd <laughs> like to ask you're going to ask me first so you don't have to listen to me while you think of something you learned right Shh, don't tell anybody <laughs> all right i'll play this game so okay. so this week um what i learned was that google and gmail have just um enabled part of your gmail to actually let you email people that you do not have an email address for. Now, sounds crazy, but let me explain. If you have connections on Google Plus and G Plus and they're in your circles and you want to email them, but you don't actually have their email address, now when you're inside your Gmail account and you go to type an email, Google is now suggesting people who are in your circles. It actually auto-populates the to field and you can select that person to send an email to. Now, you won't find out what this person's email address is unless they send you an email back. But what it means is that if you have a lot of followers on Google+, mm-hmm. you have the potential to email a lot of people all at once. What do you think about that idea? These are people that you have in your circles? Yes, 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 yes. So it's going to encourage people to add more people to their circles to get on G+, uh. more, right? <laughs> So it's kind of like what people are doing in LinkedIn, like from time to time you'll get a blast that comes out. Correct. Yeah, okay. Correct. I mean, you can already email people from G+, okay? So you're inside your G+, and you want to um, post a an update, 
and you can click on circles and you can pick certain circles and then click on email these people and you'll get an email from those people inside your um, inside your Gmail account. You can do it, it. Fr from there, but now what they've done is they've actually opened it up so you can actually email people from your email Gmail account to those people as well without even being on G+. Interesting. All yeah. right. So is that going to open the door to spammers? Um, yes. I'm guessing there'll be some. But here's the other thing, by the way, I want to add, add to this for people listening, is that um, when people do email you from their uh, Gmail account and, and you're in their circles but they don't have your email address, that email will end up in the social tab of your Gmail account. So if you're using Gmail, you'll understand what I'm talking about. There's a social tab which Gmail puts all of the social activities into. That's where that email will end up. You can change the settings and you can also opt out inside your settings as well. If you don't want people to be able to email you from their Gmail, you can opt out of that as well. So there is good news, but it's what I learned this week. There you go. Very interesting. And yes, I mean, there's a big push for Google+. Plus. I, I know right now and what we're doing, and especially this year, I think they're really going to do whatever it can take to get it, it more used by the mass public. They've, had a, few, so, they've um, had a few failures. I don't think they want yeah. to let this fail. So. Oh, exactly. Yeah, so, there's, there's a lot more take up on it, and I think it's going to be pretty powerful um, by the end of this year. It's going to be pretty big. You and mm. I are spending a lot more time on it. Yep. Um, we're doing regular hangouts. We're about to start regular hangouts. For it, so keep your eye out for those as well. Um, mm. But Google Plus is going to be big this year. It's still a little bit buggy, but battle through, and you'll be on the on the right side of it. Now, Great. have you had a chance to think about what you learned this week? I have, and it's so glaringly obvious, and you'll you'll completely agree as well because you and I've been in the thick of it for uh -huh. the last couple of weeks. All right, so here's what I learned. We have been doing loads of testing on Facebook, and uh -huh. we've been mixing up posts and ads and our posts have been a combination of videos and images and quotes and just tips and you name it and links you know all the different things you can possibly do and we've been saying for a while and what we all hear online is that images work best and you get the most engagement uh, on Facebook and as this is just Facebook specific I'm talking about but what we've learned is that using an image to get the most engagement and clicks on your posts on Facebook is not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. we, we've learned that it's more a mix, an organic mix of information. And we're all about the conversation online, you know, leaving a, a conversation so people can kind of engage with you in different ways. And really, well and truly, we've just proved to ourselves, just with all of our testing, that images are great, but you can't use them alone and rely on them. You've got to do everything to have a holistic conversation. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, it, it goes back to the, the fact where you've got to always test what you're doing because you can't mm -hmm. just assume that what used to work a month ago is still working. Um, That's right. We're looking at our insights every day, a couple of times a day. We're looking at um, things like on our Facebook pages like reach and engagement and seeing what's working, what's engaging people, what's not, and uh, doing more of what is and less of what's not. Um, and sometimes it's, it's surprising results. It is. And it's one of those things. Remember, we spoke in a previous episode about sliders on websites where you have the big images that slide across. They were the trend for a while. And now people have been conditioned to actually just go right over the top of them. And I think the same thing is maybe happening or starting to happen in Facebook is all those quotes and inspirational images we still like and we're still sharing, but maybe people are getting a little bit more kind of numb to it. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's certainly interesting. 
Um, Watch this space. We'll we'll keep you posted as we keep testing. Yes, yes. Now let's um, let's kick into today's topic. We're talking about research because um, mm. you know we get a lot of uh, people saying to us, "Well, you know, I can I can sustain a blog for a couple of weeks or a couple of months because I have a lot of information, but I'm going to run out somewhere along the way. Um, yes. How do I how do I come up with new stuff and, and where do I go looking for it? Because you know, I've got a couple of experts in my field, but that's all. There is no one else out there, which people think that's, you know, it's such a small field. But it doesn't matter what field you're in, there's always things to learn from everywhere. So today we want to share a couple of those, a um, couple of those tools with you, a couple of ways to go and find out new information. Where do you go and find it? And some of these ways you wouldn't have thought of before. And there's some of them you may have heard of and you just need a bit of a, re a refresher. But um, let's kick it off, shall we? Yeah. Let's, let's kick it off. I'll bring up the first one. So again, these tools are important because we're big believers in speaking in the voice of your market. And oftentimes you're talking in your own voice and you're, you're trying to sort of guess what your market wants. And what these tools allow you to do is actually almost get inside the head of the person that you're trying to reach and talk in their language very easily. The first one is Amazon.com big old favorites that we love. And really, there's two two ways of using it for some really quick and easy market research. The first one is in Amazon.com on the homepage. You can actually go to, in the search bar, you can do the drop-down menu and pick magazine subscriptions and then do search. And then there's a sort feature in the top right where you can sort by popular and new. And you can actually see, uh, sort of in that order, all the popular magazines. Last I checked, there's like, 400 plus of them or some, something crazy. So there's loads, loads of magazines. Why you do this is because print magazines are one of the hardest things or business models to keep afloat because it's expensive. It's hard to get um, advertisers to buy spots in there. So if there's magazines that are making it and they're popular, then there's a huge market for them. And it's just you just know that through common sense. So you can get some great ideas of, of markets and niche markets and sort of um, by clicking into these magazines as well, you can go to their website. So go to the top websites in your, or sorry, I should say magazines in your space mm -hmm. and go to their websites and then you can start to kind of look through the articles and get an idea of what they're writing because you already again know that there's a market for what they're writing and what they're talking about. Now on Amazon, I've never looked at, um, I have, it's been a while since I've looked at magazines on Amazon. Yeah. Can you can you flick through some of the pages on Amazon on their on their magazines? Not that I'm aware of. I think you it just has some information about them, and I've never used it from that perspective. I just go straight to their website. Right. Okay. You know, I I do that, and I go straight to their their social media, Facebook primarily, if they have a Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, because again, we're talking that's that's your market research already done for you. Whatever they're writing about, they have advertisers that are backing them and people reading it and buying their magazine. They're, these are paying people that are paying for that content. Right. So, you know, it's already all the hard work's done for you. So mm. that's, that's why it's such a great tool. It's really easy. <clears throat> and awesome. now if you, if you can't find a magazine that is in your space of what you want to create content for, don't create content in that space because there's no market for it. Yeah, really. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's a good point because we get people coming to us all the time saying, well, I'm going to create a uh, website or my business is going to be all about X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, and um, which country am I in? Um, and, you know, I want to do that and because there's no one else doing it. Well, there's probably a reason no one else is doing it um, and that's because there's no market for it. Um, that all happens, good ideas happens have, a lot. Yeah. All good ideas have been taken at this point. 
you know, and they've just been kind of redone and repackaged and rebranded. So you actually want something that's been done before. Well, they say originality will send you broke. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Well said. I like that one. Um, Um, So that's the first thing you can use Amazon for. Now, the second thing is really exciting. You can go into now under the drop down, switch from magazine subscriptions over to books. Mm-hmm. And just, again, just leave the search field blank and just go to search. And there's a sort feature in the top right where you can sort um, – oh, sorry, I should take a step back. Not not blank this time. You go to books and then you type in keywords in the field. So whatever you're thinking about creating content for, whether that's an e-course, a blog post, a podcast episode, whatever mm-hmm. it is, go ahead and type in a few words about that particular topic. Then you hit search. It's books, a few keywords, and then search. And then on the next page, you can sort by um, you know popular. You can search by most comments or most reviews. I personally like that one because what you're now doing is you're sorting by the books that obviously have huge amounts of reviews. And of course, what does that mean? It means that people are reading it, buying it and engaging with it. It's creating and sparking conversation, which is what you want. Mm-hmm. So you go into those books, you can click into the book and in the comments, you can read and scan all the people who've read the book and wanted to leave a review. And you can, in their own language, find out what in that book specifically set them afire. You know, what really inspired them, what made them, what really helped them. A lot of people say, oh my gosh, you've just saved my XYZ again, you know. And you take those words that they've literally written and that can be the topics of a post. I like it. Go to the market, you know, find out in their own words, no second guessing here, what they want. Go out there and give it to them. Yeah, that's good. And I guess, um, what, what does it matter how many reviews a book has or the more the better, do you think? I think the more the better. And the, the reason why is because, again, it's something that people want to engage with. Right. And as you know, like I've just – this is another cool thing. I just uh, was reading the 1% rule. Uh, in online marketing, there's a rule that's now come about. That's a 1% rule that says for every one person creating content, 99 people will not comment. <laughs> really? That many? That's crazy. Yeah. So what that means is one person creates content, one person comments on the content, 99 people don't do a thing but read it. They're lurkers, basically. Mm, so, lurkers, yes. So if you have a load of reviews, you already know that there's loads more readers that aren't even doing reviews in the first place. So it's kind of a base benchmark that says to you, this is a topic that people want to know about. Mm, okay. Good. Awesome. That's the Amazon tricks for you. So... Um, and you have a few good ones as well. What what was one of yours that you like? Yeah, so um, some of mine. I'm looking for content. There's a there's a couple of sites out there which are like curation sites that I like to go and check out. Uh, one of them is called Alltop, and Alltop is a site that um, aggregates or curates content from different uh, blogs all over the web. And you you can pretty much get any topic you like. Um, it gives you a, a rundown of um, the best blogs or the ones that are most active in that particular mm-hmm. content. Um, you can really narrow it down. And then once you find those, you can click on the links and that takes you straight to that person's blog. So you can really begin to find some great information there. Um, it can become a little bit addictive because it, it's a just a wealth of knowledge that it dishes up. So um, All Top is one of my favorite ones for that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, but the other one that I like to use um, in conjunction with Alltop actually is my Reader. Now, Google Reader used to be around and that closed down um, in the middle of 2013. So 
um, there was a mad scramble on all these new readers. A whole bunch of readers got updated and a whole bunch of readers came out of the woodwork. And um, one of the ones that's leading the charge is called Feedly. And I think you've used Feedly before too, right? Yeah, I put it on my iPad after you were here actually visiting Australia and you taught me how to kind of link things up. Yeah, so um, I, yeah, I, live, I live on my Feedly every, every day I'm on Feedly because the way Feedly works is that um, you go to Alltop, you find a great blog and you think, wow, this, this blog has some great information for it. I'd love to um, keep in contact with this blog. I'd love to see what they, they write about on a regular basis. Yep. Now, I don't want to come back and look at it every day to see if there's something new. You know, because if there's nothing new today, I don't want to come back tomorrow, there's nothing new. I'll get bored after day two or three and I won't come back. And then they've lost me as a reader. So what Feedly does is it basically says, well, what's the URL of the site that you've got um, pasted into your Feedly account? And it automatically updates your Feedly reader for you every time there's a new piece of content that's been written on that blog. Now, Feedly doesn't have to have just one blog on it. You can have a whole series of different blogs from all over the web. And all you do is go to one place, which is your Feedly account, either on the web or on your iPad, as you said, even on your iPhone. Um, and it delivers all of the latest news to you in one spot. So it's almost like having a personalized newspaper at your fingertips. It saves so much time. And oh. so, and we all have a, like a handful of websites that we look at and kind of get inspired by or whether they're competitors for market research, whatever it is, right? Yep. So to have them all coming into one place is, is really saves time and is really handy because you can even spot trends that way, I would imagine, couldn't you, with oh, different totally. content? Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. And it's fun. You know what's also interesting to see, which I've um, learned about since I was using a reader, was that not everyone's original. Exactly as you said, you know, you see one article on one site and then the same article, not the same words, but the same, you know, the same context is being written about by another article on another blog. And you think, wow, yeah. they didn't, someone's been reading someone's. I'm not sure who came first, <laughs> but it's just a, it's a, it's a great way to showcase that you can go and use other people's content to use as inspiration or review or, um, repurpose if you like so that you've got your own spin on it but it gives you a, a great idea about content so that's feedly f-e-e-d-l-y.com um free account uh pretty sure it's free yeah it's free and um sign up and check it out so in conjunction with all top and feedly they're two of my favorite places to go and find and curate content and save loads of time, spot trends, and get really good ideas. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing I want to touch on before um, before we wrap up the show is um, social media research. There's a number of different tools out there that we can use for social media research. Now, what do I mean by social media research? Well, let's say that you want to start researching your, your customers, like your people that are following you on Facebook or um, people that are that are common interests with your fans on your Facebook page. Um, I want to talk about the Facebook graph search for a few minutes because I think a lot of people have seen the graph search. It's basically just the search bar at the top of your profile, your personal profile. Um, but it's so much more than that that people don't understand. Um, so let me give you a couple of examples and you can you can ask me a few different ones as we go, Sounds H. Good. But um, okay. a couple of examples that um, you could use graph search for to really find out a lot of information about your competitors or your own customers. So, um, firstly, you can uh, let's say you let's say you are a fitness trainer, for instance, 
and you want to go and find um, no no let's say let's say you're a fitness let's say you sell fitness equipment you know small dumbbells and weights and you know bands and pulleys and that sort of stuff and you your target market are fitness trainers mm-hmm. and you live in Sydney so you want to find fitness trainers who live in Sydney so you can go to the actual search bar up the top of your Facebook account and you type in fitness trainers who live in Sydney you type that whole entire sentence out and Facebook will deliver all of the people's profiles of people that say that they're a trainer and their location is Sydney. Wow. So you're starting to find exactly who your target market is. Now, it starts to get even better because then you might want to think, well, what if I want to get into um, fitness first? Okay, so fitness first is like 24-hour fitness in the US. Fitness first is a big franchise um, fitness gym company in Australia. And let's say that you wanted to get into fitness first, but you didn't know anyone that worked there. So you can type in on on Facebook graph search, people who live in Sydney and work at fitness first. And <laughs> Facebook will spit up every person that says they've worked at fitness first. And in fact, you can even narrow it down to a specific fitness first as well. You mm-hmm. might want to say people who live in people who live or people who work at fitness first in mm-hmm. Manly, and it will tell you exactly who on their profile have said that they've worked at Fitness First in Manly. So it gives yep. you some pretty in-depth information about that. Are these profiles or are these pages? That no come profiles. Up? They're all personal profiles. Okay. Yep. Yeah, personal gotcha. profiles. So you can reach out to those person people. You can leave a message. But here's um here's a cool thing that you can start to do. You can start to do things like um if you've if you've got your own business page, right? So you can start to say interests of fans of Autopilot Your Business fan page. And what Facebook does is gives you a list of the interests that all of the fans of that particular page have in common. Are you serious? I'm I'm dead serious. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like, wow, all of a sudden I'm doing market research. Now, that's all good for my page. But what if I want to find out what are the interests of my competitors? That's exactly where my mind went. Uh-huh. So you go and type in, say, let's say a competitor of ours was Bill Smith, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and Bill Smith was the guru of all gurus. And we wanted to go and market to his people. So I can go and type in fans of Bill Smith and get a, get a, get a result straight away. Mm-hmm. I can type in fans of Bill Smith who live in Sydney and I can say and go and target them and say, hey, I'm running an event in Sydney. Would you like to come along? I know you're a fan of Bill Smith. I think he's great. Would you like to come and see my event? Mm-hmm. Right, so you're really targeting down there so you can really narrow that down. But I can also go and do some undercover work and say, what are the interests? What are the favorite interests of fans of Bill Smith who live in Sydney? Yeah, that's that's more where I think that gets really fascinating because these are again we're like keywords again, right? Totally, People what they're totally. interested in. Yep. Mm. So so all of a sudden you're starting to find the interests of that particular fan page. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, there's a whole range of different things you can start to use. I mean, you can go and look at movies that the fans of Bill Smith like. Yeah. And you can start to run ads. You you create Facebook ads around specific interests. Very interesting. Yeah, I know that the whole um, new Facebook ad module and how you can get really detailed with the interests and 
Um, wow. Yep. So this this is almost some some great research, not only to find those keywords and just using their comments even to understand more about them and what they want to learn about for content, but totally. also research for ads. <laughs> totally, totally. So you can do that sort of thing. Here's the other thing you can do. Um, I'm a member of a number of groups, as we all are members of groups, even if you don't know that you're a member of groups sometimes. But yeah. um, um, I can go and find members of groups that I'm a part of who have a specific interest or a favorite or live in a certain area. So let's say that I'm going on a business trip and I'm going, let's say you're going, um, you're flying up to Brisbane and you want to catch up with some people from a, um, you know, a video, uh, let's say it's an internet marketing group that you're a part of because that's what you're, that's what you're into. So you might say, who are the people who live in Brisbane that are part of this group? Okay. And it'll spit out a list of the people that all live in Brisbane and they're a part of that group. And you may want to say, well, let's create a little mastermind get-together for all of these people. Brilliant. So all of a sudden, you're starting to really filter out um, so much information. Now, how does Facebook let you see all this stuff? Well, let me just quickly give you a quick overview. Every time you comment on something, every time you like, every time you like something, every time you do any action on Facebook, it gets stored in the database. It's all open knowledge. And what they're doing is they're... they're are tabulating all of this information so that it can serve up to people that are smart and know how to use um, the, the search graph for this sort of information. So every time you like a page or like a, you go to a place, place and you check in or you go and uh, comment somewhere, Facebook are storing that information and they're using that and people can use that information to uh, build a dossier on you if you like. You know, um, while you're on this point, and it's just slightly off the, the, the mark, I guess the mark or what we're saying, there's um, this, I see reviews a lot now on pages where you see the four stars and people doing reviews. Can you sort by reviews in this graph as well? Um, you know, that reviews has not come, uh, uh, reviews is pretty new. Um, I'm just going to do it right now as we speak. Um, yeah, and I'm asking, of course, because of what I was saying before, where if you're finding what people are, are really interested in, you can easily do that via reviews if that's something that they've opened up yet for search. I'm not seeing it pop up right now, so um, uh, I'm not seeing it pop up. So at the moment, I'm going to say no, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It may mean that I'm not putting the right terminology in, but uh, um, so I, I would be surprised know. if you can. One time I was uh, went not too long ago speaking at one of those um, expos that I, for the beauty industry and I was showing them for salons. People can type in like hair salon Sydney and it'll have all the people that enabled reviews. To, it would You could sort on that page by reviews from memory but you can't – I couldn't search by reviews. I had to search by salon Sydney and then I'd see all the, the salons there. Then I could just at a scan see which one had the most reviews. Yeah, okay. So I'm just looking for that right now and I can't see it's it's defaulting to people who have liked rather than people who have reviewed. So Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, it's not it's not popping up for me right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if that does change in the in the in the near future. Yeah, so something to keep in mind is this this tool really progresses. Um look, Yelp and um in Australia we have Eatability. We have all these amazing tools that you can use where you where you go and do market research based on reviews and um so all these review sorts of functionalities are important, I think, because you get to see the most popular. Therefore, you can write content around what people want. Exactly. Exactly so, right. Yeah. Yep. So that's, uh, that's, that's uh, Facebook graph search. Go and check it out because it's, uh, 
It's a pretty awesome tool, and there's a whole bunch of other things you can do with it too. I'm not even going to get into it, but mind no. you, mind you, you can refine your search to gender, so you can refine it to males who like certain things. You can put in relationships, employers, current cities. You can put schools in as well. People who attended this school who live in this city and like this page. You know, it's super refinement. It's just amazing. You know, if I were to give three action steps to somebody listening to this episode, I would say go do research on one book and Amazon. And just to see how powerful it is to read other people's comments to get ideas, I would say go hook up Feedly if you don't have it. Just go hook it up with one website even. Yep. And I would say um, go start playing around with the search bar on Facebook. <laughs> see do what it. you could come yeah, up with. Yeah, absolutely. Do it, do it, do it. All right. So um, anyway, that's uh, that's. I think we're going to wrap it up because we're, we're coming to our time. But um, what uh, we've got our AYB guide that's um, – going like hotcakes hot cakes right now. How do people go and get our um, AYB guide? Okay, so you go to, very easy, aybguide.com and you'll see a cute little video on that page of Andrew and I. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, it's, it's pretty cool. You get some great social media tips and um, other resources and, and even a, a, a nice little script in there to help you out with your marketing. But what's cool about that is we're doing a weekly tactics update. So we're giving you some great resources and we're just as Andrew suggested earlier in this episode, we're starting our AYB Hangouts, And the reason why we're doing that is because Andrew and I have worked in the event industry for so long. We've traveled, I think, I know I've worked in over 30 countries. I don't even know how many. I think you beat me somehow, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, been a, been a few. I think I'm up to 47. We've met so many amazing people and we've been so focused on growing our business that we've kind of not lost track, but not socialized as much as we used to in the past with these people. And we're talking entrepreneurs, leaders all over the world. So we thought, well, you know what? The coolest way for us to hang out with them and to reconnect with them is going to be to do hangouts. And we're inviting all of you guys in to meet all the people we know and get some great business tips from them. So if you sign up for our guide, we're going to keep you in the loop of our hangouts as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. H, that's awesome. Um, Another good podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, enjoyed that one. It was good. Yeah, it was good. These are fun. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys, for listening and all over the world, wherever you may be. And we'll be talking to you soon. See you later. Make sure to grab our free business automation guide now and get access to other special bonuses. Head on over to aybpodcast.com. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with this seatbelt securely fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the Internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we play again, happy travels.